Do you have any good luck rituals or superstitions before you go cross country? I wear the same socks the entire show. What if, if it's they, a three day? Yeah. And? Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans, by eventing fans. If you listen to the show, you know how much we love Main and Tail. So Main and Tail is going to be at Land River, Kentucky with a booth, Karen. Yes, they are. They're going to have all the products. They're going to have their super knowledgeable and friendly staff there to, to help assist everyone in picking out just the right shampoos and grooming products for their horse right amazing amazing team there they have an amazing team that's one thing that sets those guys apart is they have this really small group that travel around the shows and we're talking from the owner on down camera <laughs> right. these are not just you know these are really not <laughs> right. everyone's been there for years and years and years they're fantastic you might be talking to Devin himself the owner you know what more I mean? than likely yeah, <laughs> so you're probably going to talk to Devin, or you'll see Ashen, or you'll you'll you'll, you'll see Karen. You'll see all of our friends over there. Yes, they're wonderful, wonderful people. Wonderful. So if you have a question about your horse's grooming needs, go find Mane and Tail. Follow us. We're going to tell you exactly where the booth they're at, and ask your questions about grooming. They will help fit you up with the exact Mane and Tail product to fit your horse's needs. Right, Karen? Right, and tell them Rob and Karen from Major League Eventing sent you. Fairfax and Favor is coming to Kentucky. Yeah, Land River, Kentucky is going to be lit this year, Karen. It sure is. And everyone always hears me talk about how much I love my Regina boots and how comfortable they are. So why not go to Hound and Hair booth number 17 and try on a pair for yourself? Yeah, so in the trade fair booth number 17, Hound and Hair is going to have all of Fairfax and Favor selection here, Karen. Yeah, the boots, the trainers, the belts. Tassels. <laughs> of course. The tassels. Of course. So uh, now we have an good authority that Marcus and Felix, the owners of Fairfax and Favor, are scheduled to be there, Karen. That's exciting. That is super exciting. So when you go there, meet Marcus, meet meet Felix. Tell them that Robbie Karen from Major League of Any said hello. Yes. Who knows? Maybe you'll see us there too, Karen. Yeah. I know you'll be shopping there. You'll be there. <laughs> I will. I will. And then we have... A really big reason for everyone to come by the Hound and Hair booth at Lane River, Kentucky, Karen. Yeah, we're going to have a Regina boot giveaway. Yeah, so bring your friends, bring your family, and enter to win your very own pair of Reginas at the Hound and Hair booth, number 17, and win your own pair of Fairfax and Favor Reginas. Yeah, you want to see what else they have? Go to fairfaxandfavor.com. Triple Crown Feed, Oh, yeah. Triple Crown, big fans of Triple Crown Feed. They have tons of of great products out there, Mm -hmm. premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. Triplecrownfeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. Triplecrownfeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have a great feed comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. Spring has sprung, and that means the bugs are coming back out. Yeah, protect your horse with the Fly Turtle by Turtleneck. So, like all turtleneck blankets, they have the patented stretch features. But the fly turtle also comes with deep sides with belly flaps that tuck under your horse for even that much more protection from mosquitoes and flies and and other gnats and and nasty bugs like that. Yeah, very important. Absolutely. So, it has 60% UV protection from the sun and a one-year warranty here. Right, and it comes with a detachable neck cover. Yeah, and a spare parts kit. Of course. Of course, it's turtleneck. They yes. all come with that. So they come in sizes 65 to 86, mm-hmm. and they fit just perfect. Your horse, if your horse is allergic to bugs, gnats, flies, you want the best for your horse. You don't want it breaking out. 
this is the fly turtle is for you. Right. And the mesh is waterproof and will not retain moisture. Yeah, that's super important. Yes, you want, it is. You don't want moisture sitting on your horse and, and just getting funky on your horse's skin. So for sizing and temperature guidelines for all turtleneck blankets, go to turtleneck.biz and order yours today. When it comes to insurance, there's only one person to call to cover all of your insurance needs. Whether it's for your horse, your farm, your home or business, Trish Scott has you covered. Her number is 484-319-8923. Trish was a guest on the show just a few weeks ago. and We were talking about insurance. And after talking to her, it really got me thinking, I am not fully insured. I got insurance, yeah, but I'm not properly insured. So think about this. Do you have TAC? Is your horse insured? Is your trailer insured? Do you have rental insurance? If you teach, do you have insurance in case someone gets hurt while you're teaching them, whether on your property or off? These are all some serious, serious things to think about. If you have any questions about if you are properly insured, just give Trish a call at 484-319-8923 to discuss your plan and she'll look it over and she'll tell you if you're properly insured. So give her a ring, 484-319-8923 and tell her Karen and Rob from Major League Eventing sent you. This episode is brought to you by Red and Goat Equestrian. To learn more about Red and Goat, visit their Facebook and Instagram pages and go to redandgoatequestrian.com. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. Karen, I'm super excited for this guest. Karen, she's a four-star rider, Karen. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the show, Autumn Schweiss. Hi. Hi. Super excited. So yeah. we were saying before, Karen's always doing the MLE news, and mm-hmm. every week she's checking the scores, and we've been noticing this name at the top of the list lately, Karen. A lot. A lot. <laughs> so, uh, so Autumn, we're super, super happy to have you. You're doing a fantastic job, and, um, you know, so we just can't wait to, to get to know you. And she came highly recommended, Karen. She sure did. Someone, a secret admirer, sent her an email. I don't know if you want to know the name or not. Shall we tell you the name and see if she knows who this is? Yeah, a Nicholas Cardamone. Oh, Nick! (laughs) I have a secret nickname for him. I call him Old Saint Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently Nick's a fan. He's a fan and had some very kind things to say. (laughs) And he kind of Saint Nick kind of threatened us. He said he's going to twist my arm (laughs) behind my back if I don't get her on. So (laughs) no, (laughs) no, he didn't threaten with violence. Oh no. Just kidding, just kidding. So, hey, Autumn, so you're coming to us by Zoom. Um, we're not in the same room. Oh, I see a cat head. I see a cat head speaking of Zoom. That's okay. We got our dog here with us. We love us. it. We, we gotta, we got, we're going to talk about dogs here in a second because she has quite the dog. But yeah. but before we get to dogs and cats, because it looks like they're running rampant in your room right now, uh, where are you coming to us from? I am at my farm in Ocala, Florida. Gotcha. Very okay. nice. Uh, okay, so we would already said it. So let's get this out of the way. We have a cat head. We've had dog, big giant dog noses in the camera. So tell us who you have there alongside of you, co-hosting with you, and uh, and. Well, I have Bugs, Curtis, and Larry, and they are all of the feline species. And then we have my little nephew Bruce, who has decided to curl up on the couch. Little nephew. Uh, little, one hundred and thirty pounds at ten months. Bruce is a great Dane and he's behind her and he's taken up the entire, entire couch. couch behind her. So it's just, it looks like she has a black couch, but no, it's, it's <laughs> the dog is black. The couch is gray. <laughs> uh, he, he tries to be small. Really, really tries. <laughs> great Danes are good dogs. So, well, we are pet friendly here. Yes, so I'm allergic to cats, but I think we have enough distance that I won't be sneezing. Yeah, so. I think you're good. I, I like th- cats. They just make me sneeze yeah. and scratch. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's get to it. Let's get to it. So Autumn, can you take us back and tell us how you got your start in riding and then into eventing? Um, so started out in the absolute middle of nowhere, Minnesota. Um, my older sister, Brooke was involved in 4-H and had an Arabian mare that she would barrels on and Western pleasure. And it kind of started out with my parents going, all right, well, if you want a pony, then you get to take care of it. And it was 
definitely the hard way. Um, for the longest time, I couldn't lift the Circle Y Western saddle that we had, and no one would, no one would do it for me. So I learned how to ride bareback very quickly. Um, and then oh, I must have been eight to ten years old, and I seen the Olympics, and I was eventing, and I was like, you know what? That looks pretty cool. And one Christmas, my parents and family got me lessons um, two hours from our farm because it was the closest stable that was around. And it was our first, my first lesson ever was with Peggy Gomez out of uh, Minnesota. And I believe the stable is called Freedom Stables with the Holdens. And we drove two hours one way three times a week because I could not handle myself and get enough of it. And I started jumping and we got introduced through the pony club. Um, and it kind of took off from there. And then in 2009, uh, there was a Lucinda green clinic held at my family's farm and Edith Lee was riding who I believe is now permanently located in Ocala as well. And she was representing four for the young rider team. And she asked me, I knew nothing, nothing about grooming to save my life. My horses lived out in a field. That's as close to care as they got. And she asked me to groom for her at young riders. And this starry odd child shows up to Kentucky and, you know, I've never been, I, you know, I'd never really even been to, Rolex at the time. And I was just blown away. I came home and I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to do that. And I was a stoneheaded child. There was no taking my mind off of it. And that next winter, I found myself in Ocala with Philippa Humphreys. The horse I brought down ended up having a six inch by 12 inch tumor in his face. And I couldn't eat. And so my parents were like, no, no, you got to come home. And I was like, hmm, nope. And they were very gracious and bought me a horse that never passed his vetting. And my Philippa Humphreys at the time was like, you know, he's not going to be the horse of a lifetime, but he'll get that job done. And by goodness, I got him in February and by July, we qualified I'd run one prelim in my life at that point we did all the qualifications to make it to young riders between February and July looking back at that I'm like wow wow you were dumb like you were really dumb and we were on the silver medal team that year wow oh my goodness now what year was that that was 2010 and we literally came out of the woodwork. Like I'd never met John Hauling before. And they were just like, we don't know who this kid is, but she just showed up. <laughs> and I think I had one of the fastest times of the day, the day around the cross country. I mean, if you asked me what dressage was, I didn't know what it was. I mean, I just wanted to jump the things. Um, so that was kind of the sort of skyrocketing start of, you know, my career where I found a direction, I guess. Um, and then I continued on to pursue the, the young rider dream. Um, that horse, the real deal, that was my horse, um, in 2010 ended up taking me to my very first intermediate. Um, and where I found out I had no breaks. <laughs> I went skiing. My first intermediate came off almost crying and Jen Holland goes, well, you did it, kid. <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh, I sure did. <laughs> Not by choice. Um, and I, from there, went and got my first really nice horse with them. Uh, Jen and John Holling found uh, Oakport Strauss over in England from Judy Hancock. And we shipped him over and... Wow, I was overfaced. Um, I thought I knew a lot about riding. Nope, didn't even didn't, didn't even breach the iceberg there. And uh, I ended up having John ride the horse for a little while. He was 
feral. Um, and to this day, he's known as a dragon. But that horse opened up more doors to my life than I can even, you know, say thank you for. Um, we ended up going through some ups and downs and managed through all of it to get to the 2014 Young Riders. And it was the last championship version, long format of Young Riders. And so I was so pleased to be part of that. Um, and it was also the last year it was held at Kentucky. Um, and I threw down this dressage score that I was like, whoa, where did that come from? And I was top five, something like that. And after cross country, I was in second. And then I had that pesky pole, yeah. which I finished fifth. But to finish individually so well, it was remarkable. And the journey that it took to get to that particular young riders, I fell off at the chat Hills. That was supposed to be my qualifying round. And then you go, well, what do you do? Well, when there's only one event in the country, surely you just drive to it. So we marched out to Temecula and we showed at Copper Meadows. Oh my gosh. Wow. My mom and I jumped in the vehicle and in two days, we just went straight through and he got to sit for a week and kind of hang out. And we did, you know, a few pre rides prepped him. He was in first place after dressage. And then he was in first place after show jumping. And I'm like, wait a second, this is suspicious. And we ended up having a few time faults around the cross country and we came home with second place. And I was like, well, not only did I just do pretty well at an FEI, but we, we got to come home with a qualifying round and I get to go to young riders. So that was uh, a big career highlight. Um, and you know, the joys of my younger youth and childhood, like I, I wish every kid could have the opportunity to, you know, go compete on a team like that. It it's enlightening. Um, and yeah, I've, I've had that, that horse ended up taking me all the way through my first four long, and um he he's still in my paddock today wow wow that's, wow. that's a really cool story that's pretty amazing <laughs> that is awesome so now were you working for the hollings or like or were you just training with them so i was i was both a client and i did some part-time work for them um i was like i worked off my lessons um and I, I did a lot. I had several horses at the time. I mean, some of them were rinky dink horses that you just podunked around a ride's a ride at that point in time. You just have to learn. Um, but I worked for other people. Um, some of their clients needed help at their farm. And then I also worked in a lab and I went to college and I worked for them. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> So, so let me get this straight here. So you, you pack up, you go to Ocala for Philippa Humphreys, Humphreys, um, the late great mm -hmm. by chance, but you know, yeah. um, and now, now tell us how, how did, how did you work college and like, how, how did all this work out? Can you share that? Cause a lot of people, they want to know mom and dad wanted to go to college or they want to go to college and then they, but they still want to ride at the top level. How'd you do it? So if we, if we work on the perfect timeline, so my first year in Florida was 2010, which puts me at like 17. Um, and I was just like, I'm, I'm going to do this. And so I was with Philippa Humphreys my first year. We stayed at a farm out in Williston. Um, we showed, we competed, we did all that. The next year I came back after, after the Young Riders competition and John Holling had mentioned something about have bought open in his barn that winter. And I was like, well, you know, Hey mom, Hey dad, you want to, you want to send me to Florida? And I was still in high school and they were like, mm. so I got all the online paperwork filled out. I sorted it out. I mean, I went to a small public school. I mean, there was 18 in my graduating class, something like that. And literally did all my homework via email. I came back the two weeks before graduation and took 
every quiz exam final within two weeks that I like. So it was all proctored and I was able to spend the whole year, basically the whole school year from like October all the way to May, you know, and then I went home, I graduated and then I went back to Ocala and was like, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to school. And mom and dad were like, well, surely you're not serious about this. And you know, it's, it's, you know, what kids don't actually know what they want at that age. So fair. I went to school and I majored in biology. I was on the pre-med track and I was just about to go into finals my third year. And my parents were like, Hey, so you've been pretty dedicated. What if we gave you your tuition for next year to go buy some horses? And I was like, huh, that's, that's, that's a thought. That's a, that's a suspicious thought, but okay. Let me get, let me give that a think. And I did it. I jumped on a plane to Ireland the like five minutes after I finished a final and came home with some really nice horses and I had horses to ride. And then I just started kind of doing what I do. And we kind of turned into a family hobby a little bit. Um, my mom really likes, and is, she's got a keen eye for, you know, good looking animals and, um, very correct horses. And so she's throughout the years been picking out like these young babies that I bring along. And from after leaving the Hollings, I went and, um, miraculously didn't like quote unquote, leave them, but we bought a farm and it somehow ended up being three doors down from Leslie law. And I was like, why trailer to lessons when I can hack (laughs) with an Olympic gold medalist, right? by the way. Right. I mean, and John and Jen, I mean, I owe them so much. I mean, Jen single-handedly gave me my veterinary knowledge. She, I mean, she whipped a kid who knew nothing and nothing into shape. Um, and John just was inspiring and the idea of like, dude, I know it's hard, but like suck it up and do it. And I'm like, like it made me a really strong person. And then I went to the Leslie's and they were, they were able to, you know, we helped, they helped me find more horses. And I went to Ireland and I was like, Ooh. And so at that point we're around the 2013 mark. I have, I'm young. I have a farm. My parents are like, by the way, we don't hire people to work for you. You do it. And I'm like, okay. So I'm not only running a farm, I have seven horses to ride and I'm going to college in Gainesville. So I'm commuting 30 minutes one way. I would sleep overnight in my truck sometimes to make like an 8 a.m. exam. And it it, was, I mean, whirlwind of an experience sort of thing. Um, So wait a minute, wait a minute, time out. Mom and dad gave you tuition to buy horses. So I, but the expectation was that you wouldn't go to college the next year, right? Is that right? But you went anyway? Yeah. Glutton for punishment. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought I was doing the math right in my head, but I was just double checking. Glutton for punishment. But I mean, why not? And so I did, I did one, I did one more semester. And then I ended up going, yeah, you're right. I, I had gotten the young ones properly going and I, I started to focus on the horses. Um, and I, during that time, I still had Dave, the Oakport Strauss horse, um, which I had acquired from John Hauling. And um, we managed to be ranked fourth in the nation out of all the intermediate horses. And I was like, hmm, that's pretty cool. Uh, like a little life achievement. I was like, I was pretty good at one point. 
And then then I had a really like, you know, spout of young horses. You, you never really get your name recognized, you know, through like, it was just a dry spell. Um, and then things started to pick up again in 2018, I would say. And just a bunch of life events happened. Um, I ended up starting to coach with John Michael Durr and more for the fact that like, I didn't really know where I wanted to be in my career. I, it was a floundering moment. Um, and I felt like I kind of reached a pivotal point with Dave where I wasn't ever going to be good enough to go advanced. And he just shed a different light on the whole situation and was like, dude, just do it. And I was like, what do you mean? Just do it. And he says, just do it. And so I entered Dave in Carolina international. Wow. That was a big track. I shouldn't have ever done that. (laughs) I got there and I was like, Hmm, that was a dumb idea, but we got around with only time. And I, that horse just never, never, never missed a beat. And he went on to do the WEG test event. And I think we finished 10th. And from there, we went to go do the New Jersey International. And that was my first four long. We had a pesky run out because when the rider doesn't look at the correct jump, your horse won't jump the jump it's supposed to jump right. if you're not yeah. looking at it. Yeah, funny um, how that so, yeah. so, so silly, you know, green rider error. Um, came back around, didn't even jump the option. I just came back around and jumped the jump I was supposed to jump. And Mark Phillips came up to me after and he says, well, why didn't you jump the option? And I'm like, it never dawned upon me. I'm like, I know it's, my horse didn't run out. He just wasn't pointed in the right direction. And he goes, oh, okay. And Mark, Mark's a good friend of my family's. And um, he, we, we had a good giggle about it. And he goes, well, maybe you should find your directionals. And I was like, okay, now and now, be nice. <laughs> Um, and then we had a light summer that year and we picked up, we did stable view. We did like an intermediate, I think at try on, and then we did stable view for short and Dave stormed around and was, I think the fastest time of the day at the four star. And we finished like 10th out of like 40. So it was a big division. And I mean, like everyone in the country was there and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not supposed to play with the big boys, but here I am. Am I good enough? You know, always wondering like, are you good enough to do this? And are you prepared enough? You know, so on and so forth. And he did it. And we went from there to my first ever fair Hill. I've never been to fair Hill and Dave took me to fair Hill. And I promised Dave that he would get retired after fair Hill. Well, dumb rider error. I let the right drift get us and we had a little bit of a whoopsies and fell down three jumps from home. That's Literally. But when it was all said and done for, I retired a very sound wild animal (laughs) and he is still feral today. (laughs) Now, how old is he? He is eight this year oh, okay oh wow so so what year did you retire him how old was he when he retired he, he was coming 16 wow okay. so you, did was he 16, showing any signs of wear or 16 oh, he might be 20 now time flies time flies i'm like wait then holds moose <laughs> that's funny that's why I still have my first young rider horse. That's scary. Wow. Oh, that's awesome though. That is fantastic. Wow. So man, so, so you set out on your own, your parents, they, 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 they accelerated very quickly into the whole supporting thing where they went from like, I mean, they went with the lessons and XC and O you're, 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 you know, they're buying you a farm. That's fantastic. Like that's incredible. we're rather competitive. So while I was in Ocala during all those years, they ended up putting on a horse show up in Minnesota. 
because they had, they built this really nice facility for me. And then I left. It's like, what are you going to do with that really nice facility for me? And they ended up hosting the event Rebke's Run. And they, they went all the way through the three long and it was a, it was a cool event. Wow. That is really cool. It is. There's a lot of kids out there going, man, I wish my parents were. Mom and dad, listen to this. Uh huh. I am beyond fortunate. I mean, the stars have aligned. You know, it, I honestly, God can't do it without them. And, you know, we just, you let it happen. I mean, if, if the, the trains are rolling, jump on that caboose. Yeah. yeah. So, are, are, you said it's a family business. Uh, is, is the family still in Minnesota or did everyone kind of make their way to Ocala year round now or what's going on? So, up until recently, it was just my sister and I in Ocala. My mom will come down in the winter um, and spend a few months down here and, you know, watch the horses show. Uh, she owns almost all the horses I ride. Um, and they're sort of handpicked by her. And I've got a few that I went overseas and got. Um but for the most part, it's family in that aspect. Um, the rest of my siblings uh, live in Minnesota and they help with the other family sort of business. Um, my dad builds aviation hangars. Oh, oh cool. wow. Cool. And so they run that business. Wow. Hmm. That's good business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's nice. That's what I'm talking about. Aviation hangars. I come from aviation. I have a lot of aviation in my family and I've worked in aviation yes, and stuff did. so yep. but so i have a soft spot for hangers i fun fun fact i i i, I moved into one hangar that was uh condemned shortly after i moved in so oh yeah that would have been a good time to call her folks to- yeah <laughs> it's like all of a sudden they come wow. in they're like everyone out and they were like why what's going on they're like the hangar's condemned <laughs> so get oh, your yeah. everything and get out so well, the well, funny story with a hanger is SpaceX bought one. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. And somebody forgot to put the brake on one of the rockets when they pulled it out. Oh, and wow. the rocket and the trailer went crashing into the door. Mm. That's good for business, Oops. right? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's no problem for you. <laughs> Dad's like, cha-ching. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, that, that door is 90 feet tall. Huh. Why'd you let that happen? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'd imagine that guy probably got in trouble. <laughs> the, the brake operator got in trouble that day. <laughs> Poor guy. He's sweeping up now in the SpaceX hangar instead of <laughs> doing break. So now, so it's a family operation. Um, and what we understand, like you, your, your farms, you know, you have extra space. So I know you have some people that, uh, like rent stalls and everything and train out of your facility. Can you tell us a little bit about your business? Do you take clients on or is it all about you and your competition or tell us about it? So predominantly it's, I'm going to be selfish and say it's mostly about me. I have this secret little side business where I take clients and none of them are eventers. <laughs> I have pure dressage clients wow. that own horses for me. And I have this secret little desire that I'm going to go get my gold because without this little endeavor of running down this dressage hole, I would have never found the success I've found recently. Um, and I credit it all to Jeremy Beal and my client, Paula Freedom who, when she was with her previous horse, uh, she owned him from a four, three coming four-year-old. And between her and Jeremy, they took him all the way to Grand Prix. Wow. And so she's known him for 40 plus years. And she introduced Jeremy Beal. And he's Mr. Miyagi. He is, I mean, this little old man that comes out and I'm like, please don't please don't come in the ring because you're going to get hurt. If you come in the ring, like don't come in the ring. Like I need you to live. (laughs) Um, And he, in one year, in one year, we took my dressage mark down 10 points. Wow. Wow. Just by, and wow. That's awesome. 
you know, he, he really tapped in and figured out how I learn. And, um, he really just broke it down. I mean, my first four or five lessons, I did nothing but walk. I mean, it's a little bit like really makes you think about your life a little bit when you're not allowed to trot. Cause you're like, surely I'm more educated than this. And he made every footfall matter. And so since then I've incorporated my little bit strict dressage training and I've incorporated that into my show jumping because I'm not a notoriously good show jumper. And I spend a lot of time over at WEC and I do dressage in between the jumps. <laughs> wow. That's really cool. Um, it, I mean, I, I attribute a lot to both Jeremy and Paula because when I don't have Jeremy, I have Paula's eyes on the ground at all times. Um, I can say, hey, like, do you want to watch your horse today and one of mine, please? And she's like, sure, it's fine. And she drives up from Tampa every day, I mean, at three or four times a week. And I'm like, you make that drive? That's nuts. That is nuts. And she loves it. She absolutely adores it. And she's got this incredibly talented horse that ended up losing an eye last year. And he is better than ever. I'm like, mm. you didn't miss a bud. Wow. Um, we're hoping to take him out third or fourth level this year. Um, if all the stars align. Right. Wow. Um, it sounds like this dressage thing might be more than just going for the gold medal. I, I don't know. Like, it just <laughs> sounds like it's pretty sick. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> is eventing, I, eventing still your number one? Yes. No, I am still stupid and I need the adrenaline rush. <laughs> hey, no, I, I still, I'm still the secret kamikaze pilot. Yeah. <laughs> if I go back just a little bit in time and we're talking about JM Durr and you said you were a little yeah. bit lost at the time and you're like kind of path you were taking. Did you go to JM because he kind of does like the hunters and the jumpers as well? And were you thinking of going that route or what was the, could you elaborate on what, where, where your misdirection was? It was more just like a conversation, you know, it's, you know, you just got done training with the gold medalist. Like you can't, you can't beat that. And then you have John Michael Durr coming up to you going, Hey, I can help you because I'm horrible in the show jumping. And I wrote him off. I was like, Meh, who needs you? And he came up to me again. He goes, no, my dude, I can really help you. And I was like, fine, come give me a lesson. What's it going to hurt? Like, really, what's it going to hurt? And he gave me a lesson and I was just like, okay, that made sense. And he just tapped into the way I, like how I said with Jeremy, he tapped into the way I learn. And I found that it's very hard for me to learn. Um, I need to know why, like I've gotten into science. Like I went down the pre-med field. I was a biology major and I always understood why, because it was scientific and JM put it into a term of physics for me. And like, you know, why does the horse leave the ground this way? How does the horse jump and why does it jump this way? And I was able to put it into a mechanical sense. And that's when I really started to understand like, oh, that's why this happened. It was, a, it was an input output reaction. Um, and it allowed me to fast track my learning in comparison to anybody else that was like, yeah, no, that looks really good. Do it again, sort of thing. And it was more of like, now, why did that look good? And, or why did that not feel good or this or that? And I, it just broke it down into a, a bit of a different learning environment that allowed me to, I think, blossom. And I mean, he's still involved in everything that I do today. I mean, he gets like six videos a week of my horses and I'm like, is this good enough? <laughs> um, because obviously he's not local to the area and it's a bit of a, a, a jungle. Um, but it, it was very instrumental to have somebody that could break it down into just saying it different. I mean, there are a gazillion great teachers out there, but if you can't hear them, it's not really worth it. 
you have to find somebody you can hear sort of thing. And, um, that, that was a really hard thing for me to understand at first. And, um, it definitely got better. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's, I, I think I, I, I love that, that you're saying that and that people are going to hear that because everyone learns differently. Some people need to know the why, like I like to know the why, if I know the why I normally can remember why I'm doing what I'm doing and, and not everyone right. needs that. Some people are just good at saying, this is the way the horse should feel. You know, some, right. everyone has their different gift mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, some people are more, or just like, just like you're saying, I think I'm more along the lines of you is I really like to know the nuance of the why the mechanics, the, yeah. the things that, <clears throat> so then when you're talking about the walk, Hey, there's a lot of points in the walk. Let me tell you. Oh, there's a lot. And that judge has under- plenty of time to watch hey. you walk and, <clears throat> and break down everything you're doing wrong in that walk. So there's a lot of be- yeah. points to be gained and lost in that walk. So mm-hmm. I, when I hear that, I think, you know, right on, like, let's go back to the basics. You know, the halt, there's so many points in the halt that you can give up. I'm a big sticker on the halt. There's that. <laughs> but hey, you know, these are things that are, <clears throat> you know, you think here's a, here's a walk and, and, you know, you're, it's the, the movement counts as the same as, as a, a canner, but the, the judge has uh, the three times as long to study what you're doing and, and figure out whether they like it or not, you know, and same with the halt, right. like here you st- halt and stop and you're square. Like, you know, these are things that, you know, everyone works on the trot and the canner, which is all important, but you know, the judge is looking at that really quick. You can really kind of you know, you can, you can hoodwink some people pretty good if you, you know, if you're facing the right way from the judge, you know, where the walk and the, some of that slower stuff is important. So I love it. I think that's fantastic. And it, it, it is an absolute art. And that's where a little bit, I get that glitter in my eye when we talk about dressage. I mean, if you asked me four years ago, I'd been like, ugh, gross, <laughs> but I've found the art. And the ability to dissect each footfall for what it is and, you know, the posture of a horse, you know, the engagement that is, you know, truly through their back into, you know, from your leg into your hand. It's and when you finally feel it, it's like magic almost. Um, it It's I, I wish more people could find the ability to ride classically let's say. Gotcha. Very cool. Well, Hey, I think it's fantastic. I don't think there's anything wrong with going to specialists Mm-mm. for help no, either. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, obviously Leslie's a fantastic eventer and gold medalist and everything, oh. but, but you know, and at the same time too, sometimes you have a gold medalist or like a, a fantastic competitor that, um, you know, they, they don't learn the same way you did. So they don't have, they don't teach it right. the same way you need to learn. You know, it doesn't mean that, uh, they, they don't feel everything that they're feeling, but they, to, to, to someone, it might be more natural. That feeling isn't something they're going to explain to you where they might not realize that you need to hear that and, and, uh, and understand that part. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think it's a knock on the Hollings when you went to Leslie or the Leslie's no. or, or anything. And John's a great guy. You know, I was joking a little bit earlier about, you know, but <clears throat> about going to Leslie cause he's a cool man. Yeah. <laughs> of course, John's fantastic. You know, the fantastic. I mean, I, I owe my career to them. Yeah. I you know both the Hollings and the Leslie's, you know, I, I couldn't have even reached up half the mountain without them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, everyone has their evolutions in life and, you know, I've, I've evolved and, you know, they've evolved and, you know, I think everyone has parted on good terms and, uh, but I like I couldn't have done it without any of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. fantastic. Takes a village. Takes a village. JM was on the show. He, mm-hmm. he, he, he everybody but Jeremy Beal has pretty yeah. much been on the show. Yeah, <clears throat> very cool. Very cool. Um, and uh, and then your property, like we saw that, like so, 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 like you do have other people training on your property. Is that right? So I do have an extensive amount of property. So I have my end of the barn in the main barn, and then there's nine stalls at on the other side of my barn with its own tack room, bathroom um, that I rent out during the year. And then my very first barn from the first property has uh, 10 stalls. And then we added some, we bought another property right next to it. And we added another six stalls. So there's 16 stalls over there. 
there's a lot of souls and um ashley kehoe rents that side and then i find um a show jumper rented from me this year and weck has blown things a little out of proportion for you know having summer tenants and winter tenants and i'm completely booked for next year and i'm like oh um so it, it's it's a a thrilling business in that aspect because it does not require a ton of manpower on my part um it is myself and two girls that work for me and we do the horses and all the land care and all the maintenance wow mm. Are you, will we catch you out there on the on the zero turn and the weed whacking or something oh, wow. oh yeah we're fast <laughs> wow. how many, how, I mean, many how many acres in total mom. how many acres in total do you have i believe we're like 60 65 acres wow that's Which fantastic. doesn't seem like a lot, but when you have to start mowing every three days, yeah, that's a it's lot. a lot. Yeah. 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 That's a lot every three but, days. That's mowing every day. <laughs> that's yeah. mowing every day and every that's third mowing day. Every single day. We we try to be done riding by eleven o'clock noon. And after that you throw your sombrero on, your long sleeves, and you mow until you're done. <laughs> wow. Oh. How about that? Very cool. Wow. Mm. There we go. The top riders are even on the zero. Turns, <laughs> uh, I, I have professional alligator and snake wrangling on my list as well. Oh, no. oh, <laughs> and yeah. Hey, by the, by the way, when you're, when you would ride with John Holland, did you ever see him break out the gun and go shooting snakes in the, in the, uh, the, the, yes. the okay. <laughs> fantastic. It's a good sight. Sometimes there'll be a cough up in his hand as well. Oh my god! <laughs> we did. I heard about that, and we asked him about that, and he confirmed. And uh, <clears throat> good stuff. It's, it's it's entertaining. Yeah, I bet. It's like shooting fish in a barrel, but it's snakes in your in your pond in your pond or your yeah your water jump. Yeah, moccasins. It's fine. You know, they're not vicious or anything. Yeah, mm. that's dangerous. Yeah, it is. You won't catch Karen anywhere. No, that. no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Autumn, we are going to play quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. You're quiet. Well, you got to mix it up. Okay. I mean, sometimes right. you got to go loud. Usually, it gets face. real loud at that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going, going. Take quiet. it down a notch. All right, take it down, down a notch. notch. Quick <laughs> fire questions. <laughs> and quick fire questions is brought to you by Red and Goat Equestrian. Stay dry this spring with the Red and Goat rain gear by going to redandgoatequestrian.com. All right, so five questions. You don't have to be quick, but we do have strict grading at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're getting graded. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Look at her face. <laughs> She's not very impressed. <laughs> All right. Question number one. Favorite rider growing up? Becky Holder. That's a good one. What's the odds? Okay. I'm not even going to talk about it, but that's a very good answer. Excellent answer. <laughs> All right. Do you have any good luck rituals or superstitions before you go cross country? I wear the same socks the entire show. What if, if it's they, a three day? Yeah. And? <laughs> <laughs> By the end of the third day, you can smell on them before she comes around the corner. <laughs> It's a bad, bad thing, but it's my juju. (laughs) (laughs) If, okay, if eventing was not an option, what other riding discipline would you want to try? Dressage. I kind of thought that was coming. That was coming. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not flexible enough for vaulting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. What is your favorite thing about eventing? The pure and utter to be good at all of it. To have to, the demand, the demand to not be mediocre, but to be competitive in eventing. You have to make an art of all three phases. Yeah. yeah. Heck it's yeah. True. That's what I'm talking it's true. about. Good answer. Very Extra good points answer. for that one. Yeah. All right. So last question. If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Oh. 
Oh, that's hard. Um, I'm going to go probably with All-Star B. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Excellent. Yes. Excellent answer. Is that it? Is that five? That's five. Then that was very well done by you, Autumn. Let me tell and you, she was Karen, pretty quick. Well, yeah, she was quick. Yeah. She really did quick fire questions. All right, you grade. A plus plus with a 10 for collective marks. So there you well go. done. At Excellent. the walk. At the walk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so your 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 favorite rider growing up was Becky Hoarder. Have you ever had a chance to ride with her? Train with her? I wow, going back, I have not. Not that I can recall. I remember sending her an email when I was a wee child asking her if I could be a working student. And she did reply and she was like, give it a few years, kid. And I was just like, I was like, fair. I just remember sitting down in my dad's office and I would like found her website. Like this is when you still had to like dial up internet and stuff. <laughs> and you know, I sent her, sent her an email. I was like, why not? Like, who wants to be in Minnesota? And she actually was from like 45 minutes from where I was. And it was, I think, a few years before she went to the Olympics. And I remember seeing Comet at one of the local horse shows, Otter Creek, and like not even realizing how cool that was until after the fact. Um, and I mean, it was just, it was somebody I had posters of sort of thing. Yeah. All right, Becky. Come on, Becky. Becky. <laughs> <laughs> Better make it up to poor little Autumn. <laughs> Who's now a grown woman. With her dial up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. So that's very funny. It is. The good it's... story. Good story. So, hey, uh, we always like to ask this question. Normally Karen asks it, but I shoved her out of the way and I said, I need to ask this question this time, Karen. Right? Well, that's how it went. Yeah, that's how it went. Sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We'll sure. let people believe that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for letting me ask this question this time. But no, we always like to ask for advice. So, <clears throat> you know, you, you were a young person. Uh, you started very young and you did a lot. You did, you know, you have a lot of, uh, you, you crammed a lot into your, your youth. So, what advice would you give to that young person that wants to become a professional in this sport? Listen more than you want to and be patient longer than you feel. Hmm. I think, I think if I were to take that advice and just mull it over a little bit, I think I could have heard more people. Um, it, it's just, people are always on the go. Kids are always in a rush actually live a little, let it, let it happen. Don't, don't fight it so much. Yeah. Are you glad that you got the farm so early and everything? Or do you, do you wish that you had more time, uh, just working under someone and just working on yourself and not having the responsibility of a farm? Honestly, I think that if I had the opportunity to work under somebody else, I would, flourish just as well but honestly I think I've really found who I am as a person because I've had to find confidence and independence and I mean kind of a shy person in general like typically like I said I fly under the radar and I'm like you didn't see my name I swear you didn't see my name <laughs> and I you know I like to come out with a bang every now and again but not all the time. Um, I make a very good bridesmaid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think having started the barn and, you know, just making things happen and, you know, having the expectation of, you know, you, you gotta help, you gotta make this happen. I think that's helped me kind of develop as an adult and become a you know strong, independent woman. <laughs> Well, now I think, I mean, listen, your story is incredible mm -hmm. that, you know, at 17 and like you're, 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 you're in Ocala and you're online schooling. And I always, 
and this is before online online schooling. I, you know, like you explained, it, it was before it was kind of like built. Yeah, right. now, now it's out there. You know, there's online academies and now all these schools due to mm-hmm. the pandemic have learned how to do it. Like you were doing it like that was very revolutionary back in 20, what, 2010, you know, 2000. I was, I was, it wasn't even like online. I was emailing my high school. <laughs> that's crazy. That's amazing that they would even do that. Yeah. So. Wow. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. Small town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then how about um uh like you know working students and stuff? Do you take? You said it's just you and a couple girls. Do you take on working students to to learn from? You? I typically don't. Um, I have two full time paid employees. Um, the working student mantras in the past few years has just gone a bit south. Um, you know kids expect a bit too much and then they're also abused sort of you know they're overworked they're you know i don't like to say you know go work 80 hours a week you know for free and so like i've always wanted to you know have paid employees and you know stability is a big key in my barn where like i like I like to have a routine. I like my horses to have stability and having different people come in and out all the time is a bit difficult, especially when you have a good care program. Um, but I definitely would, I mean, for anybody that wants to, like I've always said to people, if you want to come hang out and learn for a few, come on. Like I have no, I love teaching kids. I, I love teaching in general. Um, just allowing people to know what I know and like, at least trying to contribute a little bit. Um, and, you know, I just won't use you per se. Gotcha. Oh, there we go. Very cool. Well, again, like kind of like we talked a little bit before we got the interview, like the official interview started, you know, everyone has a different, a, you know, a different way of doing their business and, and operating from big to small and, and different philosophies. And I, and I think that that resonates with all different people. And that's one of the things I love most Karen, mm-hmm. about this podcast is that we get to hear everyone's different philosophies and way of doing things. And I think that's fantastic. And I think there'll be a lot of people that will probably resonate with, you know what I mean? I think so. I think there's a lot of people that are like, you know, I'd rather be in a stable program and, you know, not, you know, not, not feel like I'm a slave or something. Not, not, not to, not saying that working student programs Uh, are, but you know. Just from experience, you know, you wake up at the crack of dawn and, you know, you still have to put the horses away even if you get home at midnight. And, you know, like those days are, those days are long. And I mean, to this day, I mean, even when I go to horse shows, I drive to the horse shows, I unload my horse trailer. I don't expect anybody to unload it for me. And when I get home, I wrap my own horses. I put them out in their fields. I unload my trailer. I, I, I just, it's teamwork. It's not, you do this, you do that. It's, we all can do it. Gotcha. And we, we, we all, t- we all share our roles in, in the barn. Gotcha. Very I mean, cool. so I, I buy installs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I love it. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, Very cool. Is. Very cool. Uh, so, Autumn, as we wind things down, we always like to recognize any sponsors or supporters you have. So who do you have behind you? Oh, Lord, that's a list. Um, Obviously, first and foremost, my parents, Mike and Julie Schweiss, um, and their company, Schweiss Doors. Um, But I've had some long, long time supporters, um, like Jump for Joy um, and Sandy Mercier. Um, And then Alan May with Choice of Champions. They have stood by me for many years. And uh, of course, Voltaire Saddles. Um, and Marguerite, who is in Ocala. Um, man, I, I have a bunch of favorite products. Um, but, you know, those those guys are kind of like my top notch. I mean, there's Grant Showalter, who is, you know, my horse body guru man, who I'm like, Grant, I need you now. <laughs> I was like, Victor, Victor needs you now. <laughs> He's always to the rescue. Um, I mean, I couldn't do it without my vet, Dr. Lisa Casanella. I mean, there's there's so many people that go into making the barn turn. Um, I mean, I'm I'm probably gonna forget a million people. Um, but I mean, 
just everyone that's involved. I mean, it even goes down to my clients, um, Paula, and, you know, she's been an absolute joy. I've got Deanna and Jody who have supported me through the last couple of years. Um, and it's, it's like having a big family. They're always stocking your results. Like this last weekend, I, I was getting text messages galore after just doing rocking horse. And I was like, Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I, th- I, th- I think that's nice. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, it, makes, uh, it makes a long weekend worth it for sure. Yeah, no for sure. Absolutely. I love yeah. it. I love it. Hey, question for you. You also have on your website, you have like the, the manure elevator. Is that part of the family business or is that a say? So she just <laughs> smacked her head. I thought, hey, listen, let's sell some <laughs> elevators, right? <laughs> Oh, Lord. So we, my dad found it extremely, extremely inefficient to load your wheelbarrow with poo, roll your wheelbarrow into your dumpster to dump it, to repitch it. Because why spend the money to only fill a dumpster halfway? And my dad had seen some of the wooden uh, ramps that are made and he goes, no. No, somebody's going to fall off that. And that's an OSHA. That's an OSHA report systems. They, we're not doing that. No. And I'm like, okay, dad, it's what everyone does. And he goes, I'm like, we can dig a hole and put the dumpster in the hole. And he goes, no, it's stupid. And he goes, I got one better. He goes, I'm going to make an elevator. And I'm like, oh yeah, you do that. Well, he did. <laughs> and it's amazing. I mean, we are the lazy people knowing demand. And then he was like, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to, I'm going to make you a, a wheelbarrow that does all the work. And I'm like, uh-huh. Well, sure enough, he gives, he get he builds this battery operated wheelbarrow. And I mean, it can haul cement and it dumps itself. You just press a button and it dumps. You turn the little knot, like the little handle and it drives and you just kind of maneuver the back wheel. And then we got really jazzy and we, we kept trying to ride this thing. And I was like, dad, you know, it'd be really cool if we could ride on this. Well, he, he did it. We have ride on dumpable wheelbarrows <laughs> and we buzz around. Like we pick our paddocks down here um, and people drive by and they see us wheeling around on our little go-kart wheelbarrows. And I, they, they are called the Schweiss shit haulers. <laughs> And uh, I mean, people look at us all the time. I took one to try on, and I mean, the looks we got, I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just gonna gonna dump my poo here." <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Like we might have way too much fun as a barn, um, just based off of the the simple things in life. Of you know. So we don't have to shovel the poo. Yeah. <laughs> right. Is, wait now. So is dad manufacturing these things for sale for everybody yep. or just even the wheelbarrow? Yeah. Yep. All you have to do is call him. How about that? I don't know. There's a lot of people that would probably would like to ride, you know. Ride on their poo. Well, if nothing else, <laughs> think of the labor savings of being able to, I'd imagine it saves you time as opposed to walking in or riding a tractor, um, out, you know. Has anybody like pushed a heavy wheelbarrow of poo and you just, you dread picking that thing up? Yeah. I always, I end up like go to horse shows with a normal wheelbarrow and I'm like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> Where's my power? Or, or you hit a bump right. and then it falls to the side yeah. and then it falls oh, out. Oh, so bad. <laughs> uh, well, I'm like, when you have to, you know, flip the whole entire wheelbarrow over when you could just be hitting a button. Yeah. Has that ever, any of the barns, have they ever built your barn since they're hangar builders? Did they ever? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, my, there is a shed row that is part of uh, where Ashley Kehoe keeps her horses. And he wanted to build a stall kit. There is no joke. 500 bolts per stall. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> He, he sent down all the parts and was like, yeah, here's the manual. You can construct it. And I was like, oh, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It is beautiful. But <laughs> it took a minute. Yeah, I bet. That's a lot of bolts. That's like, that puts Ikea to shame. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's not there. It's sturdy. That sounds, uh, that sounds really cool. And it sounds like he's quite the, the engineering yeah. my, my mastermind. So. Very cool. Uh, don't. 
Don't challenge him to build anything. He'll yeah. do it. That's no, it sounds like hey. you, you got to be careful what you say to him. That's for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so, Autumn, last question. How do our listeners follow along? Do you have a website, social media? So I do have both Facebook and Instagram. Um, my website is extremely out of date. And that is one of my two work on progress things that I have on a list. Um, but I try, I'm really horrible about staying current. Um, but people can reach out to me at any point in time, texts, messenger, email, you name it. Um, but I try to post results of horses and allow people to follow along with me. Um, I just tend not to be as interesting as some people. Oh, hey, I think it's interesting when, when you look at the scores and yeah. you're doing pretty doggone yeah. good. Yep. So yep. Crying. <laughs> well, this was super fantastic. It was. Karen. Did you enjoy this? Yes, I enjoyed I did. this very I did, much. I did too. Autumn, you're a lot of fun. I like talking to you. You have a lot of different, you're, you're not your normal eventer. You know, you, 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 you're, 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 you're definitely your own person in this world. Like we talked to a lot of people and I think that you have a very uh, unique perspective and in a good way. I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I, I like, this is the reason why we do the show is we try to get different people yeah. with different ideas and different ways of doing things. And I, and I love everything that you shared. So just thank you so much. And it's no wonder she's doing so good. I Karen. Know, I mean, she's right? got some great coaching and it's fantastic. Thank so. You. so thank you again for, for being our guest. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys, you know, allowing me to come on. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please like Major League Eventing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our community, Major League Eventers, on Facebook. Cheers!